Hello, this is John Huary, and welcome to another episode of Community Intelligence, where we explore how leaders engage and build community. For this episode, I met with Adriana Argaiz, Consul for Community Affairs at the Mexican Consulate in Los Angeles. Adriana is shaping the consulate into an innovative resource center for the LA County Mexican community, which numbers in the millions. I met her at her office, where thousands of people visit every week. Adriana discussed how she has identified the consulate as an invaluable access point to the local Mexican community and how she has experimented with partner organizations to provide non-traditional services to an underserved population. So tell us, what does the Mexican consulate do in Los Angeles and what is a consulate? Yeah, um, well, the Mexican consulate is an official representation of the government of Mexico abroad. Uh, we have 50 consulates spread throughout the US. We have 10 in California, 11 in Texas. And well, the main reason we are here has to do with uh, serving our population, serving the Mexican population. And of course, we have that many consulates in California and in Texas because we have that many population. Um, the Mexican consulate uh, here in LA is the biggest consulate we have in the world, uh, actually. We are more than 150 employees here, and our main purpose is to provide documentation services to the Mexicans living here. As you may be aware, we have more than a million and a half Mexicans living in LA County, Mexicans born in Mexico, out of which um, around 500,000 are undocumented people, so uh, they are vul vulnerable. So um, we not only provide them with documentation like passports or matriculas or consular IDs, as uh, most people know them. But we also provide with birth registration services. We have power of attorney services. We have uh, legal services. Uh, we have community services. Um, we do provide migratory advice for the people. And we have a wide array of services that a lot of people really don't know of. But the main purpose of the consulate is to provide documentation services, and to be a point of connection between Mexicans living here and Mexico. So, and how do they find you? How, you know, we're located here just west of downtown in the Westlake MacArthur Park District is where your headquarters is, multi-story building. How do these, 15% of LA County is what you're talking about. It just And that's just LA County, let alone Ventura, Orange, all the other counties around uh, that may be you know, trickling in and out in terms of numbers. How do these folks find you? How do they know to come to talk to you? Well, everybody knows where we are. Word of mouth, that is important. But not only do we operate here, but we also have three mobile units that travel throughout LA County. Our jurisdiction is limited to uh, LA County. However, there's consulates also in Santa Ana. We have consulates in San Bernardino. We have consulates in Oxnard. And we have a consulate San Diego in, in San Diego and Central Valley in Fresno. So we're all over. Got it. It's never enough, of course, but we also, as I was telling you, we also have three mobile units that travel throughout LA County to bring the consulate services to the people. Because uh, just imagine if you live in Palmdale, you right. don't really want to travel an hour and a half or two hours to come all the way down to downtown if you only need a matricula or a passport or a voting ID. If the consulate uh, goes to you, that's way easier and you don't lose that much time. So uh, we have three mobile units that um, park, say, for a month or two weeks in a community center or a church 
or a special place that is loaned to us for a month or two weeks, and we go there and provide the basic services that the consulate provides. The most basic services we can give them there. So um, the, the say the widest array of services are, are provided here in this office, in, in this big building. However, we also go to other places to provide other basic services that the people need. And so how many people do you see in this building, um, like a week or a month or a day? Every day, uh, well, say, uh, once uh, like we provide around 200,000 documents a year wow say we receive around 500 to 1000 people a day here in just 5 days a week and that's 5 days a week uh some every 2 weeks we open on Saturdays for the people that can work on throughout the week and cannot lose a day but our mobile units we operate them Wednesday through Sunday so uh of course a lot of people cannot skip a day of work but they can go to the mobile units on Saturday or Sunday. So basically we're open Monday through Sunday. So you're having, though you represent an area of, or a region that includes about 1.5 million, you said, uh, and then you're seeing a couple hundred thousand of them every year. Exactly. And they're coming through your doors thousands at a time. That's a lot of people to interact with. What is that experience? How do you manage the people part? I know there's documents, I know there's an official process, but what about the, how does the humanity part work? Well, this is a process we have been learning over the years. Uh, we have been trying to improve our processes. Many years ago, this, uh, well, this, is ha this has been an experience of learning, of course. Many years ago, this was um, a very tough process for the people. Many people used to get online since 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, to wait for their, uh, for their appointments because their appointments were not really well managed and you know people would sell their appointments and it was a very complicated thing but nowadays you can book your appointment either online or through a phone uh, call and you know be in and out of the consulate in an hour we have been working a lot in streamlining our processes and trying to do this fast for the people so that they don't have to lose that much time and so you talked about a lot of the process here but your job is somewhat unique in, in my perspective, you're not stamping passports or providing documents personally. Tell us about what it means to be the, it, you're the, the consul of community. Is that, is that the, yeah. the rough translation of yeah, the yeah. title? Community outreach. Community outreach. What does that mean? What does that mean? They are, we talked about the fact that uh, the 1.5 million, they know about you word of mouth. They know what the consulate does. They know that you're a resource for them. So what's, why do you need to have outreach? And what, do you, what are you doing every day? Well, uh, you know, our people not only need documents, they need to integrate better into this society. Many of them, or most of them, are not going back to Mexico, or maybe they are not going back to Mexico soon. Or if they are going back to Mexico, they want to know the better ways of going back to Mexico, or they want to be better equipped to go back to Mexico on a better way. So what we want to do in the community outreach area is to prepare people to better integrate into this society. So um, what we want to do is make the consulate become, you know, like a resource center. We want, when people are waiting, we have these people coming, different people coming every day, and they won't be back to the consulate. If they don't lose their voting ID or their pas passport, they won't be back until five years later. So we have different people coming every single day. So what we want to do is when they are waiting there in the waiting area, we want to offer them different services that are useful for them. And then we'll help, we'll help them better integrate into this society. What do we offer them? We offer them education services. We offer them 
health services. We help them navigate into the health system. The health system in Mexico and the health system in this country are completely the opposite and so different. So give me an example. I know, I know our U.S. system because I'm a part of it, right? But what's it like? We in have the popular insurance system in okay. Mexico. Everybody's eligible, for instance. Not here. Right. At least in California, we are lucky because in LA, you have uh, My Health LA. Everybody's eligible. At least it's a basic coverage, but you can be eligible. We have all these um, low cost clinics, we have free services. We actually have a mini clinic here in the consulate that provides basic screenings. So, what do we do? We get these people that are sitting in the consulate for 60 minutes waiting for a document, and we get their attention. We let them know what we're doing. We let them know what's our offer or of services. We let them know how to navigate through the health system. We offer them, you know, to enroll them in my health LA. We offer them to get some basic screenings. We get STD screenings. We get glucose screenings. We get cholesterol screenings. We have even basic ultrasounds for free. Uh, sometimes when we have, you know, like some special awareness month, we have mammograms or we have other different screenings. We partner with different institutions, you know, nonprofits or community centers that provide different services and we bring them to the consulates. Uh, we provide educational services now in the consulates. Uh, we are giving English classes nowadays in the consulates. We are lucky because we are in California first and we are lucky because we have space as well. So uh, we have noticed that people feel safe in this building. We speak their language. We don't do much problem for them to enroll in something. So we started, last year for instance, we started with some courses. We started doing GED preparation in Spanish. I, it was a huge success. We started giving uh, English lessons in, partner with, uh, in partnership with a community college. It was a huge success. Uh, we started doing some vocational training with, uh, for childcare. It was a huge success. Uh, now we're doing uh, some um, elder uh, training. Uh, it is a huge success as well. And uh, we're doing all these things in trying to bring better opportunities to the people. So how do those, uh, you, you just mentioned three or four different types of partnerships. How do they come about? Are you sitting here with your staff, say, how do we find someone? Does the community come to you and say, we really need GED, we really need English language? So I guess the qu two questions is, how do you find out what your community needs, this community that's visiting you? What's the way to determine that? And then how do you start those partnerships once you find that out? Well, it is a long process. Uh, we, it, it works both ways. We go out and people come in. Okay. Uh, there's many studies letting us know what the Hispanic community looks like in this country. They are vulnerable, they are underserved, they have low educational levels, they have low English proficiency, they are dropouts from high school, they, are, they do not stay in university once they are there. So we pretty much uh, have an idea of what their needs are. So we start trying and it's a hit. We, we, we try and attempt to, you know, do things. Sometimes we fail, of course, but sometimes we really hit the jackpot. <laughs> and uh, I think we've, we've been lucky, at least with our educational initiatives. Some of them have been really successful. Um, what we're doing now has been really successful, for instance. Uh, and we're trying to do different things to bring the community together and to, and to offer them alternatives to better improve their quality of living. Uh, some other things we're doing and something that we started a few years ago, two years ago actually, is mental health services. 
we were noticing through our partnerships and through the collaborations that we already have with different civil society organizations, we were noticing them that uh, the community was really restless uh, when we when the new government started. You know, all this talking and all these things going on, all this news, uh, were putting our people on a very nervous state of mind. So we decided to do some mental health um, activities in the consulate. We started doing some groups, group therapies, and then we we had been working on, on health for a long time, and we have a very successful model on, on health, on prevention. Uh, but we didn't have mental health, uh, so we started working on that. And unfortunately, it's been really successful. Why? Because there's a huge need for mental health services for the, for the underserved population. Uh, so we have a mental health module now um, serving the community. We is have that been here or are you going out to It there? is here. We, yeah. don't, we do not have the resources yet to go out, Kay. unfortunately, because everything costs money and our budget is close to zero <laughs> <laughs> or zero. Uh, but we've been lucky to be able to partner with different institutions and academic institutions that need their students to do their practices. So uh, that's the way we started. We brought some students um, to do some uh, consultations, being supervised. Uh, so we started offering some advice, we started doing some groups, and now we have a mental health module. Uh, we have some institutions coming and offering consultations here in the consulate. So uh, we see a big need, uh, and we're trying you know, to establish a model here in the consulate uh, for that, for instance. We have financial literacy services. We now are a VITA center. We offer free taxes. Tomorrow we finish the tax season, and we have done at least 400 uh, tax preparations uh, as of today, so, uh, no, we finish next week, actually, okay. on the 15th. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, next week. Uh, so we've been lucky to, to offer all these services to the community, and the way we announce them is we know you, you have all these people sitting there, every <laughs> hour different people sitting there. They cannot check their cell phones, so we use that time to let them know what we're doing, to offer them our services, and, you know, we bring them over. Every time you answer a question, you reveal more of these this partnership and this work. So you've got. Do you know how many partners you're you're working with right now? Like if you if you sort of did a summary. Well, I know the numbers. Uh, for instance, on our health um, module, we have like 150 with different partners. Wow. And this is between you know different nonprofits, hospitals, uh, community clinics, uh, associations, uh, different groups. Um, we also work with um, hometown associations. Mm -hmm. These are the migrants clubs. Uh, this we have like 400. We worked to different levels with different groups, of course. Uh, there's like 400 registered here. Uh, then we have, uh, I don't know, financial institutions. That's the most difficult, I would say, but we work with around 20 to 30 different financial institutions. We participate in a lot of forums. We try to go out and meet people. I think connecting is very important, and that's when you see the work of others and try to bring it here or try to go somewhere else. So when, you, when you're out connecting, uh, what does that look like? Are you, are you being specific? Are you responding to invitations, or are you trying to create the space for you to meet the people you need to meet? What's that like? Well, we go out and we invite people over. Okay. That's the way we go. Uh, we work a lot, with, for instance, with uh, community colleges. We believe that is a very important area of our work because many of our uh, Hispanic students, they don't know if they want to go to college. They don't know if they can go to college. So we give them community colleges as an option 
so that they can start thinking about college. For instance, we visit the community colleges. We offer them the consulate as a space where they can promote their services. That's right. uh, we invite them over. We do community college day at the consulate. Uh, we have done it at least two or three years in a row now. Uh, we invite the community colleges of all the LA district. Uh, we have a very good collaboration with them. They come over, they give the classes that we have in the consulate, for instance. Uh, it is not us giving the classes right. because we do not have the resources to give us that classes, nor the knowledge, of course. Right. Uh, so we bring them over. Uh, uh, we work with different partners and we go to them and then they come to us because we are a valuable resource for them too. We know, you know, we have a captive audience right. that changes every single hour of every single day for the next five years. Right. So unless you lose your matricula, you won't be back in the next five years. So uh, I think we're a valuable place to come over, so. So you mentioned uh, that you're doing a lot of around education, a lot of health, mental health. Uh, you mentioned something very briefly about um, older adult uh, and like caregiving. What's, what does that partnership look like? Well, this is part of um, our collaboration with East LA College, for instance. Okay. Uh, we started with uh, childcare training last year, um, and it was a huge success. Uh, we needed to do some vocational training. We wanted to train people for work, and we decided to do with this childcare training course, and it was a huge success. We registered, uh, we had 120 people registered. We couldn't feed them all, so we only had 80 people. That's the ones we could feed in the room. And they came for five weeks in a row, and it was an intensive course. Uh, they made 100 hours, and 74 graduated. Um, That's a great percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We even have a, had a lady that came every single day from Bakersfield. Can you imagine that? Wow. She opened her daycare um, in January, I believe. Uh, we had a lady that was working as a nanny in San Francisco, and... Uh, they paid her to come over for the five weeks. Yeah, it was funny, you know, because the thing was, the course was in Spanish. We didn't put any restrictions. We were like, you want to come over? Come over, you know. We don't care who you are, what you do. Just, you're welcome, you know. We, it, we remove the obstacles, and I think that's very important. We remove the obstacles. We don't make you go to a community college. We don't make you go find an office. We don't make you, you know, like feel intimidated to go to this huge building or anything. We just need an email or <laughs> we just need a phone call. Right. And the course is in Spanish. So this was something that we asked the people that started this course with us. Why did you come in, you know? And they were like, because it's easy, because it's in Spanish, because it was easy to come, you know, for me. So- And um, they, get, they got credit for it or it's just education? It's a non-credit okay. course, but they receive a certificate. So, uh, but what we saw after that course is that they do receive the certificate and everything and they can get to get started with their own business and everything but we needed to get going and do something else you know because once they finish some of them will start working some others won't but we needed to prepare them more we needed to to put some other factors into the equation for instance the financial component mm -hmm. you know yeah, after we finished this course, we started this other one because we wanted to give a more comprehensive education. And uh, so we started this course with um, at-home elder training. It's non-medical uh, and it's still five weeks. We did it over a term, but now we're mixing up the financial literacy component as well. So we're coaching a small cohort of students 
and we're helping them, you know, plan for their business. We're helping them learn what's the economic equation behind taking care of uh, an adult, you know? How do they have to charge? How do they have to do their taxes? How can they start their business? Because we believe that way, when they finish the course, they won't go back home and, you know, just go back home. See, but they can start their own business. So we're trying to, you know, do some extra stuff. We're also doing a CPR course for the students as an extra part for the course. So we're trying to be more and more and more, uh, you know, holistic, if that's a word that I can be used in this aspect. And uh, we're trying to bring it all, you know, be, be more comprehensive in a way. So uh, this has been also very successful. It's been running since January and it will finish like in early May. Uh, we've had 55 students and we're planning to do the childcare course again and in, you know, complement it with the financial part as well. So um, my idea with the community resources or the community outreach uh, thing is to make the consulate be not only a place where you get documentation done, but a resource center, a place where you can come and ask for information on other things, not only you know your documentation thing from Mexico or your matricula or your passport, but a place where you can ask about your education. And something we always say, we focus a lot on adults' education because what we say is that many of our immigrants, you know, they put their dreams on their kids, right. you know? They say, you know, I'm gonna put all my dreams, all I couldn't do, it's put on my kid. And of course, we can still do things. So, and, and we see it on these ladies, you know, they're 50 or 60 and they've been working all their lives, but they can still do things. And this is, a, 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 you know, this is exactly what they're doing. You know, they're, they're learning that they can be empowered, that they can work and they can earn money and that they are intelligent. Because, you know, they came here when they were really young and they've been working nonstop for years and they haven't had a chance to study. So we're trying to give them that chance and they are really enthusiastic and that's our idea of doing all this in the consulate. You said that your approach to community in these programs and partnerships is trial and error. And sometimes we talked heard a lot about your success, but what about that error? What was the time where you tried something and then it didn't work? Well, uh, there's so much to learn from what doesn't work just as much as from that that does. Definitely. For instance, we have, we have had some initiatives. Um, there's this law that is called is Senate Bill 1159. It is a very important law that was um, published uh, on 2016. This law allows you to obtain a license on 43 different professions with only an ITIN. You don't need a social security number. So there's, three fo there's 43 bureaus, professional bureaus that now issue licenses uh, without the need of having a social security number. So we started organizing um, these forums with the different bureaus. And we started having a huge success because what does it mean? It means that you no longer have to be documented to be able to have your contractor license. Right. And if you're a contractor with a license, now you can be bonded and insured. And that gives you a whole different type of security as a person and as a worker, even though you're undocumented. Right. So we started having, uh, we had the contractor bureau come all the way from Sacramento. 
we started having the Cosmetology Bureau uh, coming all the way from Sacramento, and we had hundreds of people coming over. Um, but then we had an experience that wasn't that successful, which was the Medical Bureau. And um, it, was, uh, it was such an experience from which we learned a lot. And it, what it brought us was that not all the processes are the same, and not all the processes are as easy. Medical professions, for instance, psychological professions and psychiatric professions are so, so difficult. You know, like being a contractor is complicated, uh, but you know, it's sort of straightforward. But some other professions are so difficult. Like these, these forums that we had, these sessions that we had, we had 300 people and everybody left happy and you know, satisfied and willing to do their process and, and, and everything. But the medical um, bureau, we had like, you know, like 50 people or 60 people showed up and they were really disappointed because the process is so, 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 so complicated. It means that you really have to come, like no matter how old are you, you really have to come to the States and you know, become a doctor again, pretty much, pretty much. Wow. It's not like that, of course, but pretty much. And what we learned is that sometimes we really have to go through everything, you know, study a little bit more, talk to the whoever actors are, you know, taking part in the process and study the process again and again and again. Uh, we're doing it again with the nursing profession because there's a lot of Mexican nurses that have come over and don't know how to do it to either revalidate their studies or to get their license here. So we're trying to do it again, but now the way we are doing it is that we're having some previous conversations with the people from the Bureau so that we don't do the same, right. you know? So it is, it is a process of learning. You know, some things are easier, some others are not. Also, you know, in promotion of events. You know, sometimes you expect you're gonna have 500 people and you have 50, yeah. you know, and you put so much effort on it and it happens. But of course, we do not have a budget. We rely on PSAs, we rely on word of mouth, we rely on, you know, luck. And that's it, I mean, we're poor, that's it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So you're doing all this uh, stuff on a shoestring budget. It's always like that. And so it's that, that partnership is essential. If you don't have the partner, you can't really we do anything. We rely on partners for everything. Absolutely everything. Our budget is close to zero, um, but we know we have a lot to offer. We know we have a lot to offer because we have a name, we have the community, we have a reputation, and we work hard. So uh, I think that's sometimes enough. <laughs> and um, you know, there's a lot of organizations that want to serve our community, and it's you know it's useful for everybody to have a educated. Uh, and a healthy and a wealthy community. It right. serves everyone, you know? So I think uh, we provide the opportunity for many agencies, for many organizations, for many nonprofits, uh, for many different people to come and serve their purpose here. So we invite many institutions to come over and to do their work and to serve their purpose here. So we work with them and we invite them to be part of our project. So. You, you know, you talked a lot about the people who serve your population. I'm aware that LA County has a lot of consular offices from other countries around oh, yeah. the globe. Do you have any interaction, or what's that like in within your community? You know, you're a special person in that you're a resident of Mexico that comes here and works, and your job is to represent the government. So you're a government official of another country in the middle of 10 million people. Just you know, LA County's huge, right? And then there's this other community, if you will, of 
you know, New Zealand and France and et cetera, et cetera. It goes around, around the globe. What kind of interaction do you have with your counterparts? Or, or do you share success and trials with them to try to learn from each other? Or do, are you, or do they even do this kind of work? Well, we, we share our experiences a lot, especially with our Central American brothers. Um, they, if we lack resources, they lack them even more. Um, wow. They need space and they need resources much more than we do. We are very lucky because we have been, we have had this community for the longest time ever. You know, like we've been living here forever <laughs> and this consulate has been here for the last, what, 40 years? We've been here since the early 80s uh, in this beautiful building, big building. Right. And um, so we've been lucky to have a gorgeous space, a very big space. And we've been lucky to have a policy that has taken into account our immigrant populations since the last 20 to, yeah, 20 to 30 years. So there's a diasporic uh, policy mm -hmm. in place. And some other countries do not have this. So, you know, sometimes they limit their operations to, you know, just issuing passports or matricula. Some other countries do not even have a matricula or any document they can issue their, their nationals. So um, we share experiences with some other uh, consulates, mainly Central American consulates. Uh, we share a lot of our experiences in terms of uh, community relations and legal protection, mm. because that's also an area where we, we really thrive. Uh, we are really well equipped and our ministry really, really tries to do its best to help every Mexican that is abroad that has a problem we really try to be there for them. So um, we really try to share our experiences and, and our expertise with them. So in collaborating with them, oftentimes you're sharing your experience so they might be able to learn, or you'll bring them along with work that you're doing because the capacity of some of your, again, the Central American uh, consulates that are local may not have the experience or the resources, even though you have limited w resources, they have even less. Exactly, and uh, for instance, if there's a if there's a partner that is looking forward to work with the other consulates, we can tell them, you know, you know, Guatemala has a good space. Maybe they can fit you in. Why don't you talk to the consul general there? He's really interested in doing this That's or great. that or that. So we really try to refer them to our partners there because, I mean, they do need that, right. and their populations also need that. So, even though our population is really vulnerable, I would say other populations are even worse. So. Uh, of course, uh, we're always happy to help if we can. Right. <laughs> Do you have a, um, a formal process to get that non-Mexican input for the local community? Do you have like a local community advisory board? Uh, one very common practice that we have here in the consulate is to meet with our partners, you know, like every three, four months with the partners on education, with the partners on health. So you bring all the education yeah. partners together? Yeah, we, ah. try to, we try to meet every once in a while to see how we're doing, what do you need, what do you need us to do, or what do you need from us, uh, what else can we do. And we also meet with community leaders, the leaders that we usually work with. Um, every time we get somebody from Mexico also, we meet with community leaders here. We organize meetings because sometimes they bring projects over and we offer them these projects. So that's a way we keep in touch with them and we get the pulse of the community as well. So. We keep in touch often with them. 
Um, some other consulates, for instance, Santa Ana, that is in Orange County, uh, they meet with the leaders every month, for instance. Different consulates do it on a different fashion. Uh, but for us, it's like every three, four months, we meet with the leaders. Every three, four months, we meet the, with the health agencies, with the education agencies, and with the financial literacy agencies. So that's the way it works, and that's the way we keep the pulse of the community. So if there's a, a nonprofit a government agency or even a business that wants to connect and serve the population you're serving, that 1.5 million uh, Mexican immigrants or others, uh, in, I, I think we've talked in the past, it could be up to 3 million actually that are somehow connected to the consulate here in the county. 3.5. 3.5, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you, what, what's the first, like the first two steps that you suggest if they want to get to know and, and build a relationship with that community? Maybe, maybe working with you, maybe on their own. What, what advice do you give them? Well, to know their community, to know who they're serving and what exactly they want to do. I mean, uh, there's a, I think there's a lot written about the Hispanic community here. And I, this, this city, um, this county, I mean, it's Hispanic. It's Hispanic. I, I always say that I, I, when I came here, I thought my English was going to improve. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse <laughs> because you don't have to speak English. I mean, you just have to go around a little bit, you know, travel a little bit east, a little bit north, south, west, and you can see how it works. We're all over. I mean, Hispanics are all over, and I think you just have to go around a little bit to see what's going on. Uh, you don't have to travel far. <laughs> you just have to walk around a little bit to see uh, what's going on, to read a little bit, and to visit some stakeholders. You know, there's a lot of organizations working with the community, depending on what exactly you want to do. Uh, the way we usually forge these partnerships is we meet, we tell each other what we're doing, and we see different ways to connect. There's many avenues of collaboration between partners. Uh, not necessarily, they don't necessarily have to do with either money or with presence. You know, like you, it's always useful to meet people because you never know when you're going to recommend them for something or wh when they're going to recommend you for something. So that's that's a way we always. Uh, want to keep our options open. Uh, like every month we have like 40 to 50 different agencies coming to the consulate, you know, to offer their services. And every single day we have different nonprofits coming to offer different services to the community. And that's the way we roll, you know? <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, Adriana, <laughs> we're ready for our lightning round. I've got a couple questions here. Okay. Just tell us what comes to mind. Uh, what's your most memorable experience working uh, in the Mexican Foreign Service? Seeing people 70 or 80 years all learning to read and write. Wow. Um, what are some of the local communities that people should visit that may be on their radar that you're working with as you've discovered here in Los Angeles? I would say Huntington Park. Okay. And why? I mean, that's my prerogative follow-up. Why Huntington Park? It is a little Mexico for me. Okay. Um, and I would say downtown also. It is a great surprise, the piñata zone. Mm -hmm. On Olympic. Yeah, yeah, I really love it. I mean, it's it's like walking in any market in Mexico. For me, it is really exciting. Cool. Um, what's one simple thing nonprofits can do to better reach your community? Speaking Spanish and do good translation. What advice would you give a 25-year-old you? Go back in time. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
Oh my gosh, that's an interesting question. Get a better self-esteem, you know, and be more confident. Uh, what was the best career decision you ever made? I would say do social work. Yeah. And so, last one. What so far has been your proudest professional moment? Mm. I don't know if there's a moment, but I, I think I've been able to accomplish a lot of things, especially in the last four years here, that have made me proud. Have made me proud. I would say it's been a lot of really hard work that many people wouldn't recognize, and maybe it's work that doesn't show that much, but I've been really proud of myself. Great. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk about your work in the community here in the Los Angeles uh, uh, representing the Mexican consulate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Community Intelligence. And for more information on this and other episodes, visit our website at stratoscope.com. At Stratoscope, we provide community intelligence services to businesses, nonprofits, and government agencies. Let us know how we can help you.